Hey guys, welcome to They Were on a Break. Happy Wednesday. This is Chloe. I just wanted to pop on and acknowledge the fact that in this episode, the audio might sound a little bit different. We did have a couple of technical issues that made my audio track sound a, a little shaky at some points, but rather than re-record the entire thing and sound like we had heard it before or that we were rehearsed, I thought you guys might just want to hear our first pass off-the-cuff breakdown of the one with the race car bed. This was a really fun one. I'm so excited for you guys to hear it. Thank you so much, and let's start They Were on a Break. We 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 really were on a break. Could you live for me too? Hello and welcome into the They Were on a Break podcast. We are on season three, episode seven, the one with the race car bed. Vroom, vroom, bitches. I'm in me mom's car. Vroom, vroom. <laughs> Get out, Mika! <laughs> I oh, totally forgot that that vine uh, ever existed, but I'm... I love vine so much, and I miss it so dearly. It was so good. Yeah. It. So they have the craziest compilations of it on YouTube too. That are like uh, vines that'll make you not want to end your life, and the <laughs> titles of the videos just make me laugh so fucking much. I love them. So if you ever miss any good vines, what what would you say is your favorite vine? Um, I felt really accomplished because I somehow made it into the first, like, 100 likes on the, you was my baby, my fucking cinnamon apple. I was somehow one of, like, the first people to see that, and I was so happy. <sighs> I really like the one, there's two that are my favorite. And it's the one where she pours oil all over the ground. And then she says, come in here and get y'all juice. And somebody just slides in and breaks the <laughs> oven. And it's so funny. And then the other one where the kid says, Hurricane Katrina. More like Hurricane Tortilla. And the chips drop. <laughs> I one of my personal faves is the kid with the mannequin who's like, "Give me your fucking money!" <laughs> <laughs> There's so many of them that are so good. I'm gonna have to watch yeah. some later. That'll really bring some incredible joy to my life. No, I love uh, I love TikTok, but I think nothing really compares to the early days of Vine. Just yeah. we didn't I know mean, what we had. Vine walked so TikTok could run. Absolutely. You know, it's giving the same vibes but in a different in a different way. In a in a uh I don't know what word I'm looking for here cuz I want to say matured way and that's not it. That's not the word I'm looking so, for, but we're just going to move on. <laughs> Definitely it's like a it's Vine in the well, it's influencer world, you know? It is, definitely. And it's fun to see the people who used to be on Vine that are now on TikTok that are also killing it. So mm -hmm. we'd love to see that, too. Katie, I am in such a good mood this week compared to last week when I simply wanted to die. I hope the listeners <laughs> that enjoyed episode that. episode was really a fun time. It was actually really funny when I went back to edit it. There were parts where I was like, okay, this is funny, but I was afraid that people were going to like just think that we were awful complaining bitches the whole time and uh it's even okay. if we are we're allowed to be that for one day that's allowed everyone has their moments you know mm, yes definitely oh, i am spinning right now because i saw nope uh, oh. a couple days ago have you seen this mm -hmm. movie no it's scary right it is but it's not like a classic horror movie I would say like I think I don't like scary I think Get Out and Us were definitely scarier than this um I can't give that much away because you like Nope is just one of those movies where like you have to see it and you have to see it like multiple times I want to yeah. see it again so bad um there are definite horror elements 
and it's definitely sure. very scary but it's not like it has a lot of moments of like good comedic relief and it just has a different like tone to it than I've seen in a lot of like recent horror movies um, okay. I will say the trailers that ran before Nope were some of the fucking scariest trailers I've ever seen in my life. There is, mm-hmm. a, if you want to not sleep at night, Katie, Mm-mm. look up the trailer to the movie Smile. I'm okay. It's horrifying. Uh, I don't know if I ever want to see it because the trailer scared me so bad. <laughs> I will sometimes, like, if there are big movies happening, like, this one, nope, like, everyone's gonna see it, everyone's gonna talk about it, I'm gonna find an online synopsis of it Mm -hmm. where somebody tells me everything that happened in it and everything that I need to know without ever being scared or ever seeing it, and that is what I will do for these scary moments. Whenever I'm watching a scary movie at home, I, like, Wikipedia the synopsis Mm. to see it. How, like, just so I can prepare myself for any jump scares and stuff like that. I don't have the luxury of doing that in the theater, but I do it anytime I watch uh, anything. I am not a bitch that enjoys anything spooky. The spookiest my movies go are, you know, Disney's Adventures of Ichabod. You know, Mm -hmm. that's, you know, the sleep, the headless horseman. Almost said the sleepy horseman. Um, yeah, so I'm just not good with scary. It takes me months to recover. Um, I just, I can't, I cannot do it. And, like, people who love to go to horror nights, I don't get it. I don't get it. Oh I can't God. do it. It's so scary. I love horror nights. I have been no, going. No, it's very spooky. When I was in junior high and high school, I went to Not Scary Farm every single year. Knott's Berry Farm was like 10 minutes from where I grew up. And now that mm-hmm. I'm an adult, I always go to the Universal Studios Horror Nights. And I love doing shit like that. Mm-mm. It's so scary. And, like, haunted ma- like haunted mazes. I- oh, my God. No. <laughs> my God. My, I, I, I literally will faint. Like, I will actually pass out. Like, it's not for me, dude. It's not for me at all, man. I just like it to be nice and fun. Oh, no. I can't wait for us to get into, like, Halloween season. It's right around the corner, and I cannot wait. Mm. Well... Spooky season's a little different for me. It's a lot of, you know, the great pumpkin with Charlie Brown for me. Mm-hmm. I can't. No, I'm okay that's on cute. that. Yeah, that's, that's cute. I didn't, <laughs> yeah, that did sound condescending as shit. It is cute, though. <laughs> you like You like the fun, like, the cute version of Halloween. There's, like, yes. there's the cute version. There's, like, the fucking, like, scary sociopath version and then there's the version where you weren't allowed to celebrate Halloween as a child. Mm, yeah. Which okay. I knew several people growing up whose parents wouldn't let them celebrate because it's like a pagan holiday, quote unquote. Just like, shut up and let your kids dress up and get candy. That's all they want to do. Good lord. It's they're so not thinking harmless. about it in any other way than that. Yeah. Like, they're not, like, that's ridiculous. I'm sorry, but you gotta let your kids at least dress up and go get candy. It's what Satan would have wanted. <laughs> oh my god good old satan we love you buddy i am very excited to get into this episode because it is an episode that i never rewatch. really which is surprising i guess because it does have a good amount of janice in it but yeah janice with her annoying sick voice yes her voice sounds different in this episode she's obviously a sick and I just have a lot of questions about that. So, like, you're sick, so we still filmed? Like, did you get everybody sick? Like, you made out with a, ma- with a man in this episode. Like, how sick are you? The show must go on, Katie. I mean... Maybe she was sick and she was, like, on antibiotics and she wasn't contagious anymore. You know what? I have blown my voice out many times without actually having been sick, so there's a possibility mm. that that also happened. Anytime I go to an amusement park, I know I'm gonna have no voice the next day from screaming on roller coasters and talking loudly over people mm-hmm. in line. So. I just imagine <laughs> you just very loudly just like, yeah, so there's one time where that you're is just absolutely <laughs> screaming and everyone in line is like, well, that kind of is me. I'm like projecting a little bit because I'm like, what I have to say is so funny and important. Everyone wants to hear. 
<laughs> oh my god i also love that you use the term blow my voice out like oh i i i blew my back out like i uh, that fucking like, i got railed and it's just ruined i'm almost positive i've used the phrase blow my back out non-sexually <laughs> and when you said blown your your voice out i was like what are you doing getting skull fucked like what's happening <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I since I was a, a young lass ever since high school when I grew my fat jugs, I have had back problems. I could throw my back out just sitting down on a chair. Throw your black your black out. <laughs> throw your back out fine. Blow your back out. I, that's usually from somebody in that motherfucker from behind. What if I'm using it? In reference to a fart. What if I'm like, that really blew my fucking back? <laughs> that really blew, blew my cheeks out. open. <laughs> Shitter's letting go. Yeah, does blow my ass out have the same connotation as blow my back out? <laughs> I blew my ass out. Who's saying that? that? Blew my ass out. <laughs> I would be like, well, I blew up that bathroom, but I wouldn't say that my asshole got blown. <laughs> What if that? <laughs> I have no, I have no rebuttal for that. <laughs> I'm gonna start saying it. I'm gonna leave the bathroom at work, and I'm gonna be like, I just blew my asshole out, and I'm gonna see what they say. I'm gonna, I'm gonna test the waters and report back. Now that I know how sexual blow my back out sounds, I'm but listen, I'm different. For some reason, everything that anybody ever says to me is sexual. I don't know if I'm like a 15-year-old boy and my brain is just stuck there, but it could be used for other terms. But for me, when I hear I bl blew my back out, I think mm -hmm. like, you know, save a horse, ride a cowboy is okay. where I'm at. I have to tell you, like, I was... I was raised very, like, sheltered and conservative, so I think I, I still have a little bit of na naivete sometimes, you know? Mm, mm, and mm -hmm. this just reminds me, I was telling Nolan about this a couple days ago, but in college, this guy slid into my DMs, and we were talking, and he asked me out on a date. I'm nervous. And the date that he asked me out on... He was like, oh, I work late, so, like, we're just gonna have to hang out at my place at, like, 10 o'clock. Oh, no. And I was like, well, if he's busy and, like, that's the only time, like, I guess so. So he invited me over to his apartment to watch a movie at 10 o'clock oh, no. at night. Oh, no, sweetie. Sweetie, no. And I got there, and I was appalled that he was trying to hook up with me. He was trying to kiss me and, like, make out and stuff. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. Like, I don't do that on the first date. And I made him just sit there in silence while we watched The Blair Witch Project. And I had no idea. I had no idea that he had invited That when someone me. asked you to come over at 10 p.m. that that means you're having sex? I didn't know that it meant that he, like, was trying to hook up. This was before I had heard the term Netflix and chill. <laughs> I mean, I've always learned that if a guy asks you out after 10 p.m., it is solely for sex. It's solely is, for blowing your back out. This is out. when I was a virgin. I was on the I'm waiting till marriage train because I was still okay. I was still a little bit in the evangelical church. Um, mm -hmm. I was like 19 and he was like 24 or something. Wow. So okay. All right. Also a bit of a red flag. Uh, but. <laughs> Well, if he's busy, I thought, that's my favorite thing of what you said. And I guess it's now. I thought, that's nice that he's making time for me after work. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So nice of him to do that. I think, yeah, I blue-balled him hardcore. I don't know why I didn't know that that was what his intention was. But I was like, surely he wouldn't try to be so bold as to... He hasn't even taken me out to a restaurant yet. You would have died at me, though. I'll walk up to somebody in a bar and be like, we should fuck within, like, an hour. Like, you, you would have been like, what? Page. I... 
you know what? I I don't mind if people do that. This is not a this is not me judging anyone who does. Oh no, this up. was just young you not knowing. Yes, this was just me being completely unaware. Listen, I've learned that I have been saying a lot of words wrong recently. <laughs> Like, I'm almost 30, and I'm like, oh, I've been saying these words wrong for 29 years. This is a big, big problem. So I'm, I'm I, you know, sometimes you just don't know stuff. You got to learn it, and that's okay. It happens. We're learning something new yeah. every day, and that's fine. <laughs> oh, my God. Should we get into the episode? Oh, yeah. I forgot we were doing a <laughs> Well, we are on season three, episode seven, the one with the race car bed, aired on November 7th, 1996. We open up in Central Perk, and yes. they're all sitting on the couch, and everybody's having their stupid little thoughts in their head, and we get to Monica, and she is wearing an all-brown outfit with a weird headband. And we'll talk about the scene, but mm-hmm. I'm going to fast forward really quick to the purple apartment, where then they show her orange boots. What is going on? What? Is going on. Anyway, let's talk about the opening scene. I did notice that some of Monica's outfits were strange in this episode. Like, there was just something about her look that was, like, slightly off in this one. It's like they were trying to try something new, and I wish they hadn't. I don't know what it is. And I also thought, like, Rachel was kind of off. She's wearing, like, Mm. this all-white, like, monochromatic look in the restaurant scene that like I wasn't a huge fan of it was it was odd and then well Phoebe's outfit was amazing the like blue velvet dress with the blue tights that was incredible it was like you might hear that one again at the friendlies I have no idea but you just might absolutely that I did make a note on yeah that outfit was really really great but uh, damn you're gonna make and i'm not you know what i hated Mm -hmm. in the 90s were when people would mix brown and black together it would drive me nuts i'm like these are not colors that we're putting together you're if your furniture fine if you're a bedside table sure Mm -hmm. but not your clothes like no and people were doing like a brown tank top with like a black skirt and like brown boots and i was just like no and probably now i would do it but then for some reason i was hating it what drives me wild is navy and black mm. just go okay. all black like, or like all jean navy. or navy the color like a navy color i don't really mind denim whatever like we'll let that pass with whatever but, like, a navy shirt and black pants or something, I'm like, girl, just yeah. wear all, like, just wear all black then. Like, yeah. it's so slight, like, it's slightly off. It almost looks unintentional. I can't do it. Yep. No, I totally understand. I, there's some, th- like, some colors together that I just can't stand. Like, when people wear white and cream together. You guys, one of these is like almost a blue undertone and the other one is yellow. What are you doing? And yes, blue and yellow look good together, but not like that. Not like that. (laughs) I love a good monochromatic look, but you have to do it just right. You do, you really do. We really got on another side topic again. (laughs) That's what they're here for. First scene, we are in Central Perk. Ross is ranting and raving about something that happened in his job, and we get to hear everybody's inner monologue. I love that we get this glimpse into Rachel being like, he's so passionate about his job. Like, I love that. So cute. Mm -hmm. Is this the first hint we get at Gunther's love of Rachel? Yes. This is the first time we we hear his inner monologue of like, I love Rachel. I wish she was my wife. Why mm-hmm. is she with Ross? Uh, we also get this moment of Joey singing a theme song in his head that Phoebe apparently can hear telepathically. Which I did like that. Pretty good joke. Um, she also, Phoebe says that she can't say croissant, but then in season like nine, she can speak French fluently. They, like, love to give her all kinds of, like, weird random skills, and I always think, did she pick this up, like... Later? Yeah, like, throughout the series, and we just didn't get to see the episode where she speaks French. Like, where was she learning this? Because it wasn't when she was living in a box on the street. We also get that episode where she can speak, um, Italian. 
But that one's funny because he says, you can speak Italian? And she says, guess so. <laughs> and I just love that it's just like, I, yeah, I guess. I do love that bit. <laughs> that one's very funny. Now, I was uh, watching like season 10 last night and the episode where Joey like drinks all the milk. Yeah, like, he like said, "I love that." I don't know why, but I think it's so funny. I love it. I was just thinking about that episode. I love late seasons, Joey. I love Joey consistently throughout this series. I feel like my yes. opinion of all the characters kind of like it ebbs and flows, except for Joey. Like it's consistent throughout. I would say, a hundred percent agree. Absolute love for him. Now, we're at the Purple Apartment. They're watching Happy Days. This line that Joey says where he's like, was Egg the Gellers the war cry of your neighborhood? That seems like a Chandler line to me. I don't know mm-hmm. why Joey is saying does. this. Yeah, definitely. But Chandler's distracted. He didn't get to the joke in time because Janice's husband, the Mattress King, is on television. They're playing his, t- his TV ad... I love this whole commercial of him in the throne being like, I'm getting divorced. I'm so depressed. I'm gonna slash my prices. It's so good. This reminded me of those sit and sleep commercials. As someone who also grew up in the LA area, I'm sure you remember, you're killing me, Larry. Yep. Now... I was trying to explain this commercial to somebody, and I did not realize that this was, like, solely based in, like, the Southern California, like, Orange County, L.A. region. I thought sit and sleep. I thought everyone knew this. Apparently, it's just the most iconic local ad to ever play. Yeah. Because they had the yelling man. Guys, everyone look up the sit and sleep commercials if you don't know what I'm talking about. They're iconic I could, re- I could like, recite them all verbatim of this guy just yelling, being like, sit and sleep will beat anyone's advertised price or your mattress is mattress free. Mattress is free. Sertis, Spring Air, Stearns and Foster, Miralex, and Chatham and Wells. <gasps> it was just yelling at us for no reason. And then God. the other guy would go and say, you're killing me, Larry. I Call love eight. it. I, and I, like, almost remember the phone number, but I don't. We've talked before on this podcast about, like, advertisements and infomercials that have shaped us, but I think if I had to choose one, like, commercial that sticks out in my mind the most from childhood, it is for sure the, like, radio sit-and-sleep advertisements. Like... Definitely. (laughs) Look them up. I swear to God, best commercials you'll ever see. I watch the Game Show Network and it shows me some commercials and I have never been more afraid that I'm going to die from every single commercial (laughs) that comes on because it's like, got a heart problem? I've got a new medicine for you. May cause death, may cause cancer, may cause bladder, no control. No control of your bladder at all. (laughs) Bladder no control. Or then like, bladder no control. No more control of your bladder. You know, I don't even know what they're saying half the time, but I'm like cleaning and I just hear these terrible side effects and I'm like, are you guys okay? And then it's like, did you have a stroke? Well, we got a new med for you. And I'm like, okay, you guys, this is so, so rough. And then they'll be playing one about kids that have cancer. And I'm like, you guys, well, this is so sad. They are assuming that you are like geriatric. 90. <laughs> I understand, but I'm not. And sometimes the commercials are so bad that I got to turn it off. I'm like, I, I can't, I cannot watch Five to one. Watch one more psoriasis commercial. Yeah. Yes, and that he's like, feels like there's not there's gl- broken glass inside <laughs> of me, and it's a man standing, and there's broken glass in his back, and I'm like, what is happening, you guys? <laughs> like, please. But I have always wanted to be in a medication commercial. I have never wanted anything more. So that I would love. Hmm? You could be riding a horse while all of the symptoms are listed. Yeah. Slow-mo I could. horse ride. I am very, very allergic to horses, mm. though. One time I went to New York with my family, and we were petting a horse, and it sneezed in my eye, <gasps> and it about ruined my entire oh my life God. because I was so allergic, <laughs> and my eye got so big from this horse sneezing into my eye, and it was bad. Yeah, that sounds like a nightmare. 
<laughs> it was not good. My my eye itched for like three days. <laughs> my God. <laughs> well, we have to talk about this scene where Monica and Phoebe sneak off to buy a mattress from Janice's husband, the Mattress King. Mm-hmm. Um, I love this bit between Phoebe and this kid playing in the race car bed where she's like, if this was in England, the car would be on the other side of the store. And I think it's so they dumb. don't understand it at all. I thought that was fucking funny just because like that's the kind of joke that I would make and it would elicit that like <laughs> that <laughs> complete non-reaction. Well, the only reason I like that joke is because in the corner you can see a pink thing and a green thing and it's a bed that I had when I was a kid. It was the Fisher Price bed for like little girls Mm -hmm. and it oh god I loved it it was pink and it had a green roof that had like the little tile looking things on it and it was like plastic and then it had on the back of it it had these blue shutters that you could open up like (gasps) you were a princess it was the best thing ever but my mom hated it because my friend Jesse would come over and we would climb onto the roof of the bed and slide (laughs) off of it onto the ground and you could definitely hear that all through the house my mom would come in screaming at me but I I was so so sad the day that we got rid of that bed frame but I was growing up it was time to move on to like a big girl bed Mm -hmm. but I loved that thing so much and I this was the first time that I ever noticed that it was in the background and I got so excited and I haven't even looked up a photo of it I'm telling you all of this from my memory like I just remember mm-hmm. it so much I loved it oh my it. god that sounds like such a dream I know and I would like pretend that I was Cinderella and I just had the best time in that little bed I love it I love mm-hmm. it it was really good times what do we think about this plot with Joey teaching a soap opera class? Wasn't he on Days of Our Lives for like a month before he got kicked off? Yes. I'm not really sure how it happened, but also if you think about it... Oh, this is going to sound bad. I might offend teachers. I'm going to say it anyway. Sometimes when it comes to like acting classes or stuff like that, it's people who have failed in that world. Like any time that I have taken a class of like photography or you know an acting class it's somebody that said that they used to work but they're not currently working so Mm -hmm. then they become like a teacher of that and like that's great I love that that's incredible um but I feel like it works because that is kind of the vibes like you Mm -hmm. don't really have needed to take all of these classes to be able to teach like how to do soap opera acting and in the classes he's not giving like he's giving terrible advice but then when you watch when they do the close-ups of him making the faces that they make on the soap operas they're great they're fucking spot on like it's it's incredible it's exactly how it is in the soap operas so i mean i feel like the only thing that's different about him being a teacher and like the other teachers of acting classes and stuff is that he's still auditioning i feel like the other ones are not anymore so if anything it's uh good like i don't know i'm totally fine with it and i love the way that he writes his name on the board and then it goes down and then he draws the line <laughs> through it it makes me laugh so hard every time that i see it i love this episode i rewatch it often so when you said that you didn't watch it i was shocked because mm-hmm. it's such a fun one having watched it again I do really enjoy it, and I love that Matt LeBlanc really gets to do some physical humor with his, I've mm-hmm. got a fish hook in my eyebrow, and I like it. And trying to do it's, long division and all of those reactions. And it's, like, it's so dumb what he's telling them to do, but then when he does the faces, it fucking works. <laughs> it really, I, I, yeah, that is exactly how they look. So I'm not mad at it one damn bit. We should talk about the scene at the Purple Apartment where Phoebe is wearing the fabulous velvet dress. Mm, It's so good. She is helping Joey practice his boxing. He's up for an audition at All My Children for Nick the Boxer. And they're sparring as Monica's bed gets delivered. I have to say, if I told somebody that I'm auditioning for something and then they put their hands up with rings all over every single one of their fingers and they're going to punch me... Also, Phoebe, 
why are you punching him in the face <laughs> what is going on like if if i was like gonna joke around like i would do what he did and hit the arm she like literally punches him in the nose twice and i know that we need it for his nose to bleed but like Phoebe, what the fuck? And why isn't Joey more mad? <laughs> what is going on? Like, if somebody punched me in the fucking face and I had a nosebleed, I would be f- so angry. When they were wearing like 15 chunky glass ring, class rings. <laughs> Not even glass. Glass would be glass, worse. Class, class rings. Yeah, she put her hands up and I was like, he doesn't stand a chance. <laughs> She's basically wearing those, what are they? Like the knuckle things yeah, like that like are four punching. Yeah, she's got her brass knuckles on and she's not looking to fuck around because not only is she going to punch you, she's going to punch you in the goddamn face. <laughs> I've ne- I, I would never punch anybody in the face. What are you talking about? Especially my friend who's telling me that they're going to go audition. Hey, you've got an audition coming up. Let me break your nose. <laughs> Seriously, what the fuck, Phoebe? It was get, like, a, get a grip. It was really the only way that they could think of to make it so that they don't see that the bed that's getting delivered is the race car bed. Which also, did Monica buy a whole ass bed frame, too? Like, I thought she was just buying a mattress. Well, what I really liked was when she laid down on the mattress and it was red. It was a Ooh, gorgeous sexy, pink and red yeah. color. Yeah. It was, and I'm like, I mean, you're going to cover it up, but I love that. It was pretty that. hot. That was a hot mattress. And like, my mattress has got some period stains on it, but with that fucker, you wouldn't even be able to see it. Like, that's, that's some good fucking thinking right there. Um, gorgeous. But I'm assuming that's like, be, so the, the race car bed was directly next to that bed. So when she ordered it, they must have just, like, wrote that one down. Because, like, I think that that mattress, like, the kid mattress, mm-hmm. comes with the race car bed. So I think that she might have just been trying to buy the mattress. Mm-hmm. Well, but wait, she didn't have, she didn't have any bed frame, bed frame in, there. in there at all. Yeah, so she just got a whole, a whole new thing, you know? Maybe they thought to take it, but they didn't take it when they left. You are raising a very good point. I don't know, man. I'm just saying. It's all for the jokes. It's all for the jokes. Just like him punching him in the face. It's all so that he can be turned fucking around and that they don't see it. It's believable enough, but But it isn't because if somebody if Joey were standing next to the freezer while I'm getting ice and somebody asked me something like, Where do you want me to put it? I'm not just gonna say over here and not turn around (laughs) and actually show them where. I would turn around and be like, It's actually over there. His nose is gonna be bleeding regardless if you turn around or not. It's just it's not natural. I like I would assume that they had to have like loaded in the race car bed and then like maybe they swapped it out maybe they had some deal you know where they they get rid of the old mattress and the old bed but for we you. watch them leave oh that's true yeah what the we fuck? don't see them have anything how did that even what what happened to the old bed we need to know hopefully it's just like <laughs> on the sidewalk and they can bring it back up well also like she says the compulsively neat one by the window it would have been empty because <laughs> all that was in the room was the race car bed and the, and the green thing. Yeah. That was it. What What's compulsively clean? The fact that it's empty? This is unfolding right before our very eyes. It's, it's unraveling. Wow. I'm almost mad. <laughs> they were like, they won't notice. It'll be fine. Just like how you've got the bed sitting there and the mattresses are all the way up right to the race car bed Mm -hmm. but then later we get the moment where chandler's driving in it and they took off a mattress he's lower in the bed than he would have been (laughs) if the mattress is you you think i'm not going to notice that you motherfucker yes marta kaufman i am wow you came for her by name i mean hey you know also sometimes you gotta there's this line where like phoebe and joey are fake boxing and he's like, oh, I didn't know you can box. And she said, I had to learn when I stayed at the Y because some of the boys weren't acting Christian enough. Is mm. this a, like, sexual assault joke? Yes, it is. What? That is, like, a pretty dark joke for friends. I never- <laughs> and then she punches him in the nose. I, like, I guess I had never heard that joke. It never registered to me 
before yeah no that was i heard that I and was i was like, like they're not acting christian enough oh, so shit. she's either punching them for not loving god or for getting too handsy yeah which one so yikes whoopsie whoopsies gosh now, so let me punch joey in the nose over it <laughs> we have to talk about my favorite storyline of the episode okay my personal favorite mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is rachel and ross having dinner with Ross's, with Rachel's dad, who dislikes Rachel's Ross. dad stresses me out. He is so scary. <laughs> he really is. He's, He's so terrifying. The most terrifying man you could ever hope to have. <laughs> and at every dinner we've ever seen him at, this man just want to orders the same thing for everybody. Because he does it again when he goes uh, on the dinner date, w- not a date, uh, on the dinner with phoebe and rachel and him when she's trying to tell him that she's pregnant spoiler alert um (laughs) that she's pregnant and then he's like who doesn't eat chicken and then he's like you lesbians are always weird (laughs) and it's it's a funny joke but i don't want to laugh at it because goddamn friends is out here just using every opportunity to make being gay into a goddamn joke i we get it in this episode too i have to say that ron liebman is so good in this role. He is. He really is, though. The most terrifying, entitled. Like, I feel like I have served this man before. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. He is mad about everything. He's mad about the table. He's mad that Ross is allergic to lobster. Mm-hmm. His boat is rusting. It has boat cancer. It gives it a nice antique look. I love the look on his face when he asks he like has to ask for a menu for Ross and he's like, I don't know what this what his yeah. problem is. Like I I love it so much. <laughs> I am also allergic to shellfish, and I have also witnessed people being mad that I am allergic to shellfish, but it's only been at Tepon restaurants mm-hmm. where I have to tell them that they have to cook all of the like seafood last, and then people don't get their shrimp appetizer, oh, and no. people really need their three their three shrimp appetizer, and I one time had to move tables because they needed it so badly. Oh my god. Yeah, so I have been shellfish shamed, um, <laughs> and I am okay, but it does exist. You know what? Just want to let everybody know. I'll bet if you accidentally ate a shrimp and were, like, dying at the table, all of a sudden, these people would feel real bad, and they'd be like, of mm-hmm. course, we would have done anything to avoid this tragic event. We don't need shrimp. <laughs> Like, you're going to get it. It's just going to be, like, five minutes later. That's all. You're going to get it. I promise. It's crazy sauce. They should have incorporated that into the storyline when uh, Ross and Susan and Carol all show up at the hibachi place (laughs) at the same time. I forgot about that. That feels like years ago. It really was, like, eons ago. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Ross notices that Rachel's dead is leaving a terrible tip. And so as they leave the restaurant, he puts some extra money on the table. Her dad sees. He freaks out. I This whole speech where he calls him, like, Mr. Big Shot and rips up the check. I A problem with this, did they not... Like, ripping up the receipt doesn't do doesn't anything. Do anything. Didn't they run his like, card? That's my thing. It's like, even if, like, the receipt is shredded, he already paid. That's not how checks work. <laughs> nope. It's not at all. Also, $20 on a $200 tip is still not that good of a tip. <laughs> no, I mean, it's better because if he had only, if Rachel's dad tipped 4% on a $200 bill, that would mean that he only tipped $8. Yeah. It's supposed to be a $40 tip on a $200 thing if you're going to do 20%. Yeah. So, I mean, 28 is, like, better than 8. Oh, yeah, that's true. I forgot to add the the 8 that was already there. I would accept right. that, I think, uh, in my serving days. I would have been okay with that. I mean, you wouldn't have been thrilled because they spent $200 and it should be at least $40. <clears throat> and this is just a saying to anybody, like, now... If you go out and you can't afford to tip people, don't go out because, like, the whole, like, oh, well, they hardly did anything for me. Well, even if you go to, like, Lemonade and they just hand you your food, somebody still made it and they still, like, split tips at the end of the night. So just go ahead. If you get a coffee, give them a dollar. They made your fucking coffee. Like, don't. Don't. 
I will be mad. Don't be <laughs> Rachel's dad. Please, for the love of God, stay home if you are. I will, speaking honestly, as someone who was a server for half a decade, like, if you if you tip 20%, that is, like, gold standard. I don't expect people to tip anymore. Mm-hmm. 20% is, like, I'm happy. If Even if you tip 15 to 18%, I'm not really complaining about that. Anything less than 15% is, like, kind of a bad tip range. And if you are someone who thinks that $5 is the universal tip rate, fuck you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The server at most restaurants has to tip out, you know, the bartenders and the busboys and split their tips with other people at the end of the night. That goes off of sales, So if I sell, like, $200 worth of stuff, but then nobody tips me on it, I still have to tip out those people on $200 worth of sales. So I'm paying money for you to have eaten at the establishment. And if this was a perfect world, then all companies would just be paying their employees fairly and you wouldn't have to rely on tips but as it stands in america now servers do live off of tips yeah so that's my that's i'm gonna get off my soapbox right now but i'm just letting you guys just had to say it it had to be said because you have to deal with emotionally abusive people like rachel's dad yeah you cry and chase you off for no reason exactly um I do love this next um, scene where we're at the purple apartment and, like, they're discovering the race car bed and everything. I do have to say, why is Rachel so mad at Ross about this whole thing? He did the right thing. He, like, she's mad at him for making her dad mad. But I think if I was in that situation, I would just be mad at my dad and I would be like, you did the right thing. I'm so sorry. That's so embarrassing. I think that for her, it's complicated with, because I mean, she then cries after when he's like, I don't understand why it's such a big deal. And she's like, I can't have you and my mom and my dad in a separate room because you don't get along. So I think that it's a little bit more deep rooted for her where she just knows that like no one's going to get along with her dad. So she just needs him to know that he's a bad person or not a bad person, but just does shitty things and just to just to deal with it. Yeah, I guess I can see that. For her sake. Yeah. Because she already has to deal with it, too. So if he's not going to, like, play and, like, get along with it, then, like, it's going to make her life a living hell. So I understand where she's getting upset. She, It's weird and, like, whatever. But I do understand where she's, like, coming from, where she's like, I'm, I don't want to deal with this more than I have to. Yeah, I can definitely understand that. Yeah. We get this reveal of Monica, <laughs> Monica coming in and discovering... The race car bed. I love when Phoebe's trying to hype it up and she's like, isn't it cool? Vroom, vroom. (laughs) And then she says something and then she's like, (laughs) how is this not the store's fault? Like, this is not Phoebe's fault at all. Like, yes, should she have noticed it and said something? Yeah, but you know what would have probably happened? They would have said, sorry, dude, like, this is what they told us to deliver. So I'm leaving it here. They're mad because it wasn't Monica. If Monica had actually been at her apartment, she would have seen that it was a race car bed and she would have said, no, this isn't what I ordered, and they would have taken it back. But what I'm saying is they might not have taken it back anyway. I feel like they would have just been like, it says that this is what it is and, like, this is it. And they would have had to leave it there anyway. Yeah, how come they can't be like, oh, you know what? We were supposed to deliver the red mattress to you. We're going to come back and get it. Yeah, that's what I would assume. Like, either way. And then another situation is that we never get this resolved, but then we never hear about the race car bed again. (laughs) So then what the fuck did she do with it? I, yeah, I I can't, this... Because we cut to the more dramatic scene in the end of it, and we don't even find out what happens to the race car this bed. This is literally... This is the last we ever hear of the it. the worst mattress store. I would be so mad. The Mattress King is fucking terrible. The Mattress King is definitely an asshole. I love... Okay, 
there's like this lamp in the corner of Monica's room that I never noticed before. It's god awful. It's like white and it has these like gold shiny little swirls on it. Yikes. It's so gross. That sounds awful. Now, I had a friend who had a race car bed when we were growing up, and I thought that it meant he was rich. It was one of those things, you know when you're growing up and there are just certain things you see that, like, other people have that you don't have, and you're like, it must be because it's, like, really expensive. Mm. I have created a list of things that I thought, (laughs) when I was younger, when I saw people had them, I thought that it meant you were, uh a millionaire oh my god i can't wait to hear this list first off stairs i grew up in a bungalow uh if anyone lived in a place that had a second story i Mm -hmm. assumed that you were like a million bajillionaire okay um cars with dvd players Mm, that's a good one this is like there was this weird time in the mid 2000s where people could buy minivans that had those little tiny TVs and you could watch Mm. movies see now when I'm driving on the freeway and I see that people are watching something in their cars I'm like I gotta get up there because I gotta see what movie we're watching (laughs) what what Disney movie are we watching and I love to try to drive up to it and figure it out I'm like ah it's Ratatouille yeah (laughs) (laughs) um hammocks I thought hammocks mm. were, like, made of gold. A thousand dollars. Okay. thousand um, dollars? <laughs> metal detectors. I thought that for some reason, because they were big and metal, I thought metal detectors were, like, thousands of dollars. Who had those in their houses? People were just walking around at the beach or state parks, and they would oh. have metal detectors, and I thought, okay. that's a rich man looking for quarters in the dirt. <laughs> Um, people who would eat at amusement parks. Okay. My family was a, uh, stuffing peanut butter sandwiches into a backpack that gets smushed up throughout the day kind Mm, of family. That's me at Disneyland. I bring a couple Uncrustables and those bad boys are really rolled out by the time I eat them, but they're still good. Delicious. Delicious. Um, and shopping at any of the following places. Hollister... Abercrombie mm. and Fitch and Limited yep. Two. Yeah. Because when we were growing up, that was like the Holy Trinity. At least where I grew up in Orange County, that was the Holy Trinity. Oh well, and also you were growing up in Orange County. People really do have money out there. They do. We did not, but they did, and mm. I got to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> and I had a first class seat. I got to watch. All, oh my god. My church had some rich people in attendance, and we would have, like, house party nights that wasn't a house party. You would, like, go to someone's house and Bible study, and these people had, like, fucking pools with giant water slides and, like, waterfalls and stuff like that. And I was always like, oh, my God. Like, I could never, I could never even dream. I could never dream. But uh, that's my that's my tale. I thought having a race car bed meant that you were uh, a millionaire, a complete millionaire. Now tell me, if you entered a man's house now and he had a race car bed, would you still have the same reaction? <laughs> 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 that one made your head go back. <laughs> God, I think that that would be a nightmare, honestly. I think it would be a turnoff. I'm not gonna lie. I my boyfriend is a car guy. You know he makes money yeah. off of like cars. Wait, so it would make sense for him to have a race car bed? I, Stop. It would, but I think if he was that obsessed with cars that he had to have sex in a bed shaped like one, that would scare me off. <laughs> I'm obsessed with this idea. I would be done. I know it sounds like something that's. I guess possible because Nolan is a car guy, but no, if he took it that far, I don't think I would blow him. So, can you get him a race car bed for Christmas? <laughs> just, and then just let the cats have just it? to see his reaction. He did watch this. My face hurts from smiling from this idea. <laughs> now, we have to talk about Joey sabotaging his student, who he finds yes. out is up for the role of Nick the Boxer as well. Mm-hmm. And after watching him practice his monologue and his audition, 
convinces him to play it, quote unquote, super gay. Tries mm. to sabotage his uh, portrayal of Nick the Boxer. I would. Because God forbid someone be gay. It's hilarious. Oh my God. Gay people are so funny. I would really be interested to see, like, <laughs> how that improved. How that audition, audition was different. <laughs> I would love to see how like well it went because he gets the yeah role. I mean the fact that they changed the role to be Nick the boxer but gay but also like what is the boxers like what does it matter if the boxer wants to have sex with men or women what does their sexual orientation have to do with anything about this part because it's the only thing that matters about that character so <sighs> God. It's the, the 90s, only man. thing that the character should be based around is what he likes to put his dick in. So. <laughs> the good old days. The good God old days. God forbid there be a gay boxer, only heterosexual straight male. It's funny because boxers are men. <laughs> and gay people are less than. <laughs> less than men. Oh my God. I know. Some of the. Some of the the homophobia on this show really just jumps out when you least expect it. It's bad. I think that I literally wrote, it wouldn't be a 90s episode if we weren't making gay jokes. (laughs) But I will have to point out that Joey does get, and I'm going to use your favorite word, his comeuppance. (laughs) What does it mean again? (laughs) It means that he gets what he deserves. Ah, because okay. even though he comeuppance, comeuppance, it sounds like a cup of muffins. <laughs> he gets his cum muffins. Cum muffins. He gets his cupo cum muffins. Because the student he tried to sabotage gets cast over him. I love this whole monologue that he gives to his class where he's like, uh, you know, you might get a chance to sabotage someone, and I tried, and it didn't work, and now I'm stuck teaching a bunch of people, most of whom are too ugly to be too on ugly. television. I wrote down LMAO Joey in the ugly. <laughs> and then they all applaud. I don't know why they're not realizing that he's talking about now, but they're like, what a great actor portrayal, Joey. Wow, where'd you find this monologue? It's sick. Oh, my Christ. Now, uh, to conclude the storyline between Ross and Rachel and Mr. Green, uh, they're having brunch at the Purple Apartment with Rachel's dad, and things start to go well. We realize that all Mm -hmm. Ross has to do to bond with Rachel's father is to criticize talk Rachel. shit about her. Yeah. I love this. I don't know why, but I love this scene. I think it's so funny. And not because they're making fun of Rachel. I just think it's funny because I'm like, of course. I feel like that's how so many like people bond with like family members. Yeah, it's talking shit about others. Yeah. It makes sense to me. It works. I love the introduction of Dr. Bobby Bobby. Her chiropractor. It's just like, it's Robert Bobby, okay? (laughs) She has one leg shorter than the other. And then when he, like, goes over and she's like, why don't you tell him about the mole that I haven't had checked? He's like, oh, great! And then he just walks away. (laughs) Brings up the uh, renter's insurance. Like, my God. You don't have renter's insurance? What if someone robs you? How are you going to chase after them with one leg shorter (laughs) than the other? (laughs) It's so funny. See, I love stuff like that because I love, like, my parents did roast me growing up, and Mm -hmm. I think it's Mm -hmm. really funny, and so I just love a good parental roast. I mean, my dad used to say, listen, if if I'm not making fun of you at home, how am I gonna get you ready to get bullied? (laughs) Because he'd, like, call my brother four eyes, call me brace face, like... (laughs) It was so funny. A father's love. (laughs) Oh, so good. Now, to wrap up the whole race car bed 
plot, even though we I don't think we actually find out what happens with it. No, fuck. I'm so... I want to know what happened to the race car bed. Monica and Joey storm over to the mattress store. They demand to see the king. The actor who they talk to, who's dressed as a jester, is one of the... Uh, Horror actors we've seen in this mm. series, like his. Del- Not great. You can't go back there. No one talks to the king. He's like trying to. I thought you were gonna be like. So he was in a lot of movies. No. And let me tell you what he's I, doing. And you're like, he sucks. I didn't want to look him up because I knew I was gonna insult him, and I didn't want to put him <laughs> on personal blast. <laughs> Like, I'm not going to say his name, but he sucked. And he was the jester at the end of the show. he told me he had been, like, the camera operator and, like, the guy who was supposed to play this role got sick and they needed someone to just fill in so they, like, got the camera guy to dress up, I would have been like, that tracks. There's there's no soul behind this delivery. This is really harsh. I'm so sorry. I'm not an actor. I don't know why I'm being (laughs) critical. There's no soul (laughs) behind his delivery of his line of no one sees the mattress game. I'm so so mad. I'm so sorry. Hold on. I'm so fucked up. That was so needlessly mean. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I'm going to keep this in so that people know I'm not a good person. <laughs> you and Rachel's dad. Yeah, I'm like I love Rachel's dad. He's making some good points. <laughs> now Joey goes to storm into the mattress king's office to tell him off, and what does he find? Janice kissing her husband, the man who she is divorcing. Mm-hmm. They are intertwined. They are lip locked. You know what's really annoying? What? When she leans back and she slowly says, Oh my god. No. Mm-mm. What a reveal. Didn't need to happen here. I wish that it had just been them kissing and then she moved back and then zoom into Joey and cut scene. <laughs> we didn't need the extra, oh my god, in her sick, stupid little voice. <laughs> didn't even sound right because she fucking didn't have a voice. It made it sound like she was really turned on. Real sultry. <laughs> You know, maybe, I guess. (laughs) But that part annoyed me. Well, that is the cliffhanger that we are left off with until next episode. No, my cliffhanger is what happened with the bet. (laughs) Yeah, because we still see Chandler racing in it at the, like, end of the episode. Yep. Which, I think if I walked in on someone doing that, I would never want to have sex with them ever. But I guess guess it doesn't change anything for Chandler because he still gets... for Monica because she still gets together with Chandler eventually (laughs) yep that is true but that's the ick for me right there Mm -hmm. now what were your titles for this episode Katie I've got the one where Joey is a teacher I've got the one with Rachel's cheap dad (laughs) and the one with the makeout mattress king oh my god I love that the makeout mattress king yeah that's so great i also have the one with the mattress king um mm-hmm. i also have the one with mr big shot and mm, i like that one and the one with dr bobby bobby because that makes me laugh <laughs> i like both of the last of your titles they were great now katie guess what is coming up next week what? it's monica bang okay great it's i was monica like bang. is it the xerox girl because i'm not ready girl <laughs> Nah, girl. Well, we haven't even met Mark yet. <sighs> I'm, so <stressed. laughs> I, oh, I'm so stressed about it. She just wants a different job. But I cannot wait for Monica Bang for yes. figuring out what is going to happen with Janice and Chandler and Joey. I mean, yep. I'm looking forward to it. It's the one with the giant poking device, so we'll also get some oh, ugly okay. naked guy. I never really know what that episode's about. And then now that you're saying everything in it, I'm like, oh, yes, that is correct. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Um, this was a really fun one to break down. Always. I mean, even if they're not a fun one to break down, we have fun doing Absolutely. it. And you should share our show to your pals that love friends and give us a rating on iTunes and maybe leave a review and we'll definitely read it. Absolutely, we will. Yes. Katie, where can everyone find you? 
You can find me everywhere at Little Baby Kate. Where can everybody find you? You guys can find me on Instagram and on TikTok at Cuckoo for Cloclo Puffs. Um, I can't wait to to get into Monica Bang next week. That's going to be really fun. I can't either. I will miss Michael Gunderson because I know that it's not going to be him, but I will maybe survive. We'll see. We'll see how this we'll is see. the replacements of Michael Gunderson get a big storyline next week. So we'll yeah. see how they do it. Must be good. <laughs> They've got some big shoes to fill. So especially after that shit jester we saw this week. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, no. I hope that guy never listens to this. <laughs> now, why He's would like, he? This was the most important moment of my life. And I'm like, you fucking sucked. He tells everybody, I was in one episode of Friends. And you're like, this motherfucker, bad actor, so goddamn bad. Up, what if I look him up after this and he's like an Academy Award winning, like, <laughs> actor? We're going to have to to find out now. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, we will see you guys next week. Bye. Yes. Bye.